Father, we thank you for yet another day of life, health, and strength. We thank you for being so good to us, God. God, we bless your name. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And so, God, as we come to you on tonight, Satan, you're a liar. We just pray, dear God, that you have your way, dear God. God, we're here because of you and for you. And so on tonight, God, just you do what you do with us. Holy Spirit, speak to us and speak through us. God, we pray that we say something that will help somebody along the way on tonight. It's in Jesus' name we ask and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Again, on tonight, we're just coming to wrap up the matter of this series on uh, why isn't God interesting anymore? Why isn't God interesting anymore? Um, when Reverend Mason initially said something to me about this subject, again, we continued on and we talked more, I understood where you were coming from. It's not that God is not interesting. It's just that there are so many other things that captivate people's interests. It's, it's, it's the fact that there's so much going on in our world to where people don't give God the credit that he's due. And it's as if God, being who he is, has been put on the back burner. He's the least talked about, and I hate to say thing, because he's not a thing, but he's God. Yeah, subject, <laughs> topic. That's in the forefront. Folks talk about everything. They deal with everything. They put interest in everything. They put time into everything. True. And when it comes to God, it's like whatever. So we've, we've looked at a variety of things. We've dealt with family. We've dealt with professions, people, you know, going after careers. And some of the things that people have interest in or, interest, or that are interested in, there's nothing wrong with those things. Nothing wrong with taking care of your family. Nothing wrong with wanting to get get education so you can do things and you can better right better yourself, provide for family. Nothing wrong with stuff like that. But where is God in all of this? And so, with all that we've gone over, and you know, one of the biggest things that we talk about is one of the biggest problems, and that is cell phones. Electronic devices. Again, we got them all around us. Some people can't see, some they can't see right now. Social media. 
again, right now, we're using social media. But people tend to not prioritize God. God just isn't a priority to people. Everything is more important than God is. And we even ask the question, why is that? And people just still, we're busy being too busy for God. And we get so wrapped up and caught up in what we're doing that we don't, some people don't ever take the time to think that the stuff that I'm busy doing the stuff that I put my interest and time in is God who gives me the ability to do everything that I'm doing. So if he's the one, because the Bible says, in him we live, we move, we have our being. If we the one that's out here, and I hate to say it like the world said, but chasing that dollar bill, Bible says it is him that gives us power to get wealth. Where is he at in people's lives nowadays? Where? And, and, it's, and it's a self uh, conviction type of question that you just asked. You know, we uh, we do a lot of things with the right intentions, man. All right. Uh, right motivations, <coughs> uh, and, and and nothing's wrong with that at all. Uh, and, and a lot of us come from uh, the way we were raised, maybe the environment we were raised in, the the home that we were raised in. You know, uh, we saw mom and dad struggle. You know, just to raise the family, you know, and, and some of us come from single parent homes where there was a, uh, a struggle there. Uh, having an absent parent in the home, you know, uh, not being able to uh, fulfill their role can be uh, basically costly for any child that's coming up trying to see a model home. And so we, we, we look at that and we like, you know, a lot of times we say, uh, I'm going to raise my children like my mother raised me or my father raised me uh, or, you know, my parents raised me if, if you come from that uh, home that was pretty stable with both parents there. You would say, well, I'm going to raise them that way. You know, uh, a lot of the things I never had uh, an opportunity to enjoy just because my mom and dad were never uh, financially able right. to provide those things for me. So, so we look at it, okay, uh, I'm going to do everything that I can do to make sure that I'm able to provide for my family in a way. I want to be able to do things that I've always dreamed about doing. 
and uh, to be able to do those things, not only just for myself, but for my family as well. And so we, we begin to look at things in life and opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities because those are opportunities that our parents probably never had available to them. But now we have those opportunities, so it's gonna give us an opportunity to have a much more better financial uh, lifestyle mm -hmm. than what we had. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, pursuing careers and opportunities that come available. And, and a lot of times we can get caught up in the hype or get caught up in what these opportunities can give us. And a lot of times we're, we're doing this begin to do it to where we have no balance. We're out of balance. Uh, some of us in this process of wanting to provide for our families so they have a better lifestyle. In the process of going after the dream or going after that uh, career or lifestyle, we get off balance when we put more time into that than we do with the kids. So even though our, as, as we say, our, maybe our intentions are right to go after that because of what it's gonna provide for us or the benefit that we're gonna get from it, sometimes the kids are neglected. Right. To where the time that could have been spent with them has been turned toward that career or the job. And you know, and, and they're like, well, I'm sure, pretty sure my kids understand that because they know that what I'm doing, I'm doing it for them. Right, gotcha. Well, in the process, you are doing it for them. You also, in the process, are taken away from them. And I've heard so many kids say, you know, uh, that it's not the materialistic things that mom and dad provide for me it's to enjoy, time. but it's the time and that I missed with being with them. Right. Even if they didn't give me anything at all, you know, it's just that time with them. And so uh, when you look at that, you look at one way that is one-sided, but all the other uh, times you are looking at, okay, well, I'm doing a good thing because they're gonna be better off than they would have if I hadn't did this. I, now all of that's good, because I've done it myself. And I'd be the first to raise my hand. That was my thinking process. You know? I drove a truck, tracked the trail for almost 40 years. And a lot of times I was gone when I first started. I was gone a lot, running from coast to coast. Then even after I became a local driver, I still averaged anywhere from 15, 16 hours a day and being gone. Uh, but now, when I look back on all of that, I often ask myself, was it even worth it? You know? Could I have found something else uh, that wouldn't have took so much time away from the family? You know? uh, because you can't go back and get those years back. Can't undo what you've done. But I think out of everything, having the right intentions, want my family to be better off, I think the number one thing is, is the priority, how I had everything prioritized. 
And I think what's happening now today with the world and so many opportunities and uh, how people have it a whole lot better now than what they ever had it before. Uh, we've gotten to the place to where uh, we've begun to put those things first instead of putting God first. Uh, the Bible says that God wants to have preeminence in our life. He wants to have first place. Right. Uh, and, and if we all would be truthful to ourselves, we know that we don't do that. We don't give him first place, you know. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is, is a lot of times when we get in a situation that gets real confusing or we're in a situation to where it's a matter of life and death, the only time we come to God is when it gets to that point to where it's life and death. You know, we, we won't consider him first uh, praying something that we should do first thing in the morning when we wake up because of the busy lifestyle that we have you hear people often say well I don't pray uh, I'm too busy to pray that's the way they put it I'm too, I'm too busy to pray well uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon and I'm going to make sure on that but he made the statement or the comment when somebody told him they said well I'm too busy to pray well, he says like this. He says, I'm going to pray because I know I'm going to be too busy. Yeah, priority. Right, it's priority. Because if you know that you're going to be too busy to pray, then why not pray because you're going to be too busy? That way you get the prayer. You get the prayer done first, and then you can go on about your busy lifestyle, whatever you got to do. But anytime we put God last, we're going to have a problem because more likely we won't get to it. And so what we're, we're looking at is prioritizing, putting God first. You know, the Bible says to uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right. And what most people don't realize about that is upon the delighting yourself in him. What's going to happen? He's going to give you the desires of your heart. But when you begin to delight yourself in him, your desires are going to now become his desires. And when your desires become his desires, now you line up with what God's plan is for your life all along. Because now you're going to look at, okay, God desires me to do this and to do that. So now I'm more in tone or more prone to do what God would have me to do. But what we're doing, we want to give God the second place. Leftovers. Or the leftovers or, or the last resort. Yeah. You know, when we shouldn't do that because it's Him who, as you stated before, is in Him that we live, first of all, move, and then have our being. Now, if He's the cause of that, which we know He is, why? Because He says what? He says, without me, can you nothing. can do nothing. So who wouldn't want to give him first place knowing that whatever you start to do in the morning when you wake up, I don't care whatever it is, that he wants first place or you realize, oh, if it hadn't been for God, I wouldn't have been able to wake up in the morning. You know, because he says, well, without me, 
you can do nothing. So why would I neglect him instead of thanking him, first of all, for what he's done for me? Why wouldn't I prioritize it like that? Because I know exactly who he is, what he can do, and then I look back on what he's already done. So why would I give him first place now? I got it now. I got it now. I want to make sure I got the right scripture. Okay. The question, when we look at all of who God is, all of what God does, all of the fact that because he is, we are. Right. Right. All of the fact that if it had not been for the Lord, we wouldn't be here. True. If it hadn't been for his mercy and his grace, we wouldn't be here. But if our gospel be here, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it is here to them that are lost. Here it is right here, verse 4. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe, which believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The problem is, the, what's going on is, and it talks about here, unbelievers. Right. But there are believers also. True. That don't prioritize God. Now, it's bad enough that the unbelievers don't prioritize it. But when we got believers that don't prioritize God, because you got a lot of believers getting caught up in the same stuff that unbelievers are caught up in. It, it amazes me that you can get 80,000 people to fill a football game in the cold, but you can't get sometimes 100 people to go to church on the same Sunday in a warm building. Priorities, distractions, not recognizing who God He is, but only calling on Him, as you said, when we get in that deep trouble or when we get in a place where we've we've done everything else, we've reached out to everybody else, we've tried everything we know. When we pray that God, if you get me out of this one, pray. The reason simply that people are not interested in God is simply because they're not interested in God until they need Him. That's it in a nutshell. But you can't deny Him. That's what Romans 1, where, where we're coming from, that's what it talks about, 1, 21. And, and I'm going to hit this and I'm going to get off of it because it's taking somewhere. But Romans 1 and 21 even discredit people who call themselves atheists. Exactly. Exactly. But because people just won't give him his due, they know he's there. But everything else, and here's part of what I say, human beings are bad on believing what they see or putting relevance in what they can see. 
what they can touch. Watch this. They can't touch God, but they can touch him. <laughs> so since they can't physically see him, since they can't physically touch him, he's not that important. Because I can see this house. Right. I can see the car I drive and you drive. I can see the road I travel up and down. I can see the stores, the restaurants, other people driving. I can see all that, but I can't physically see God. Well, actually, you do. In everything you see, you ought to see God. You, you got to see him in everything. Man ain't smart enough to build a car. He ain't smart. He does not even have the capability to build the parts, to build the parts for a car. People are not interested in God simply because they're not interested in God. Now, what we said we were going to do tonight is just give application and wrap this thing up. Exactly. So, let's read the scripture again. Let me make one comment right quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's amazing how uh, God becomes interesting enough for us when we get in trouble. Okay. All right. When we get in trouble, uh, we've used all our resources. We uh, all the assets are gone, depleted. Uh, as far as our funds, financial, you know, finances and all, everything is depleted. God, we and then did. we yeah. Then we use God as a last resort. See, all the time we know He's real. We know what He's capable of doing. We know what He's always done. But it's only in that time, <coughs> excuse me, that he becomes really interesting to us now to the point to where we'll call on him when there's nothing else that works. Now we'll call him. And then we ask the question, God, where are you when we're going through? So we ask that same question when we're calling on him as a last resort. But he's been right there all the, all time. the time. All the time. All the time. So why wasn't he interesting when everything was going good? Because I didn't need him then. Things were going good. That's it. You didn't need him then even right. though you needed him. Even though you needed him. Things were going good. Right. This wasn't, this thing that's an issue now wasn't an issue then. True. But watch this, and you just said something. They don't put credence in him when things are good, but when there's no other source, they go to him because they know he's able to fix what they're in. They know he is the source. Thank you. So look at the trust they have in him when the trouble come, as opposed to the trust they didn't place in him when things were okay. And so God said, since I can't get you to do the exact same thing when things are going good. Let me send a little trial. Let me send a little trial with tribulation. Yeah. Let me put some pressure on you. <laughs> let me wake you up just a little bit. Let me, let me tap let into know, that hey, part. Hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah. Let me, let we me need tap to have in, a conversation. Let me tap into that part. That exactly. You, exactly. 
Exactly. So they know he's there. Right. But as long as everything, what they say, long as they got a dime in the bank, a chicken in the deep freezer, and everything going all right, I don't need God. But when that chicken turn into just one leg mm. or one wing, hey, Lord, the refrigerator's getting empty. Let the air conditioner go out, the refrigerator go out, and the washer and dry. You got a house full of kids. That dime then turned into two cents. So now you got a call on the one that you should have been given homage and honor to when everything was waiting. He should be the number one interest in everybody's life. Exactly. Because he is the reason for everybody's life. Right. Right. Exactly. So the scripture was talking about the fact how people would not be without excuse because he had put the evidence in all of us in in him, of him in all of us. So here's the application for tonight. Because the evidence is in us. Because we know on the inside who he is. What And that just says to go to him when trouble comes, you know what he's capable of doing. The application for, for this whole series of lessons is put God first. Acknowledge him. Put him first. Honor him. Serve him. Thank him. Praise him. Glorify him. Magnify him. Talk, tell people about him. He is the most interesting subject being whatever word you want to say there ever will be. How can a man walk on water? How can a man speak to the elements and say, peace be still? Again, how can a man take dirt and make a man, but again, pull red blood out of dry dirt? How can a man keep natural resources just constantly provided? That's stuff people don't think about. No. My mind get blown every time I think about oil. I mean gasoline. It just don't come from nowhere. The earth ain't but so deep. The amount of oil that's been used should have been drained a long time ago. We got to recognize who God is. And we really need to recognize him now because as the seasoned saints would say, it's getting late in the evening. Late in the evening. Sun doing what? Sun going down. It's getting late. That's right. People not realizing, but it's getting late. People leaving here every day. And the sad thing is that the Bible talks about heaven and hell. And it says, narrow is the way. And then I heard something Sunday that reminded me. The righteous, those that have been declared right, are just going to scarcely make it in. There's going to be a lot of people, God, I went to church. God, I paid money in church. Some even pay tithes. Some even play instruments in the church. <laughs> 
So I'm preaching the pulpit. Let's just start where it is. That's true. So I'm on the deacon board, trustee board, preacher stewards, missionaries, choir members, ushers, few members. But God's really not interesting. They're not interested in God. There's so much that gets more attention than God every day. And if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have the ability to give the other stuff your attention. People, we got to realize that without God, we're nobody. I agree. Without him, we can't do nothing. He is, as you said, not a source. He's the source of all sources. But if we can stay busy, preoccupied with all of these other things, Lord, I'm sorry. then you won't be able to see exactly how interesting God really is. You, you see how we taking time to, to just focus? See, see, it, see, if you're busy, you're being distracted. You, you're too involved in whatever else it is that you're doing. And you can't focus on God like you want to. Because you know what it takes to meditate. You know what it takes to focus. You, know, you need time to do that. You need the quiet place. The way you can get away from all the hustle and bustle and and, and the other way you can just hear. Because see, God is always, we talk, we talk about how God always speaks to us and, and that's that small, that still quiet voice. Mm -hmm. But if everything around you is shouting, noise, is loud, yeah, and there's so much going on, can't hear how nothing. can you hear? You can't hear. You cannot hear. You can't hear. When your mind is focused on that game, your child. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. But where God is. Right. Nothing wrong with being supportive. But where is God? Right. Some people are confused that as a Christian, all they need to do is confess, say, I believe, and try to live what they call a good life. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't try to sanctify themselves. But they don't understand that the Christian life is not just lived in church, it's lived outside the walls of the church. True. And once you go to church, you should have received something that you can go out and share with somebody else. That's true. You, you said something last week is that once we got saved, you asked the question. Like once, once you got saved, did God become more interesting to you? Yes, he did. You said, why? Because I've seen who he is now. Right. I've seen what he's capable of. If people would just take a moment, if they put down social media, they put down the cell phones. And just focus. Just, just stop and look around your apartment, your house, wherever you live in. 
Walk to the door, look outside, see what you see. The Bible said the heaven declare the glory of God. It's true. And the firmament shows of his handiworks. You were just showing me a picture on your computer screen. Beautiful. Even though I don't really like the fly, one of the most beautiful pictures there is when you fly and you up above the clouds yes, sir. and you look down. Yes, sir. That's I a beautiful it. picture. It is. I love it. I love it. I know exactly what you're saying. When I lived up here, the airport used to allow you to sit on the back side of it and watch the planes land and take off. Right. And every time I would see a plane land, it was as if to me, God had his hand on the plane just putting it down. That was a beautiful sight too. Yes, sir. Because I could see God in that. Right. We ought to be able to see God in everything. And one thing that you say, we're we, we going to do this right. Okay. One thing you say, that one place you always see God in is in death. Always, because regardless of the machines, regardless of the education that doctors have, regardless of their specialty, regardless of what they try to do, when God say it's over, it's over. Yes, sir. Because they got to go out there and tell the family, we're sorry, we did all we could we do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, death should make especially Christians, and I'm going to say them because we have a much more clearer view and understanding of God, yeah. more so than the, the natural man or the unsaved person. At a funeral, as you just stated, you see the power of God right there. That should make you drop to your knees right there because God has done everything that, that he wanted to do right there. And like and as you stated before, the doctors have done everything they can do, but when God says it's over, it's over. It's over. That's power right there. Nobody can reverse it. Ain't nobody. nobody. The devil can't reverse it. Yep. He happy they gone sometimes because he know. Uh-huh. And here's the thing about the devil. He can't go back to heaven, so he don't want none of us going. None of us go. Back. So he 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 wanted them, and, and people use this word all the time, hater. Yeah. He one of the biggest haters there are. Oh, there yeah. is. Yeah. He hates on us. He hates us because we can do what he cannot redo. Right. Right. So what he's going to try to do is put everything in your way. Yeah. He knows how beautiful heaven is. He knows how peaceful it is. Right. That's why he wanted to take it over. <laughs> And, and, the, and the more we conform, uh, or God conforms us into the image of His Son, the more that we are like His Son, we become that much more of a threat to Him. Yes, sir. And we, uh, we're basically that much more of a traitor to Him now because now uh, He looks at us the same way He looks at God because we are God's imitators. We, we are God's children. You know, we're... we're uh, uh, born again children of God that uh, being conformed into his image so now uh, 
We're going to act more like it. We're going to get out here and we're going to try to witness the people to win as many souls as, as we can. And he doesn't want none of that. Uh, the same way he hates God. Now, God is his arch enemy. Right. Uh, he don't want us doing the things of God. He don't want us being that that child or that, that preacher that goes out and preaches God's word because he knows <coughs> how powerful God's word is. Yes, sir. And what God's word is able to do. So if he can shut us up, then that's a victory for him. Uh, if he can keep us from living a godly lifestyle to where they say uh, the only Bible some people are ever going to read is you. Yes, sir. Well, he don't want us to be that godly. No. He don't want us to live godly because if, if we can mess up our way of living, then we messed up our testimony. Because one thing about people, when they see the way you live or what you say and what you do, once they see that one time, then the first thing they're going to say, well, I thought he was saved. I thought and, you would. Yeah, and, and then they're not going to uh, look at you like they once did before. So we want to keep that that type of lifestyle uh, as godly as we can. So, and, and one of the ways to do that is just to make sure that we're putting God first. Make sure that uh, that we prioritize uh, the things of God. Right. To where uh, even even in the prioritizing, you know, that's still putting God first. You know, but. People need to see that, but he should be interesting enough for us to do that automatically. We shouldn't have a problem. Shouldn't be a struggle with it. It is right. Acknowledge him, reverence him, put him first, then prioritize him. And I'm gonna put one more in there. And I'm gonna put this at the top of the list. Go ahead. Obedience. Obey him. But you can't obey him. Till you acknowledge him. True. And reverence him. True. Good script. Uh, I was, as you was talking, I was thinking here, uh, and we talked earlier, and this is in, in our application. Uh, we talked about suppressing the truth. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And, and when I look at... Uh, what exactly is, you know, we talked about what exactly is that, that truth, and I want to make sure we we, we, uh, we bring this and make this perfectly clear, as Mother would say, we make this perfectly clear, and uh, to where we know exactly what is meant by suppressing the truth, okay? And, and when I look at this, I, I, I see... Uh, that people suppress the truth about God that in their their loving uh, relationship let me, let me put it like this uh, people suppress the truth about God that God is their loving creator first of all okay, okay? Uh, they suppress that truth and they deserve their worship and praise so the truth that people suppress is that first of all, by looking at the heavens and the earth and his creation, that God is the creator, first of all, okay? And now that you know 
that he is the creator of everything. Now he deserves your praise and worship. Okay. Okay. Now that's the truth that they suppress. Okay. Uh, he said, but they have chosen to suppress it even though they know that he is the creator and that he deserves your praise and worship. So we have people that see this, know this, but refuse to do this. And he says that's their way of suppressing the truth. Not that it, now this is the whole point right here. It's not that it's not the truth. It's still the truth. They just suppress it. And they never come to the point to where they acknowledge God as being the creator and the one who deserves his praise and work. See, just by knowing, see, that's, that's first of all. When you understand that God is the creator, it should automatically or is, is going to automatically cause the praise and worship. Because when you talk about being interested, when you start learning more about his creation, you'll see God all in it as, as opposed to the, the, uh, the medical students who saw the anatomy, you know, saw the body there and all the organs and everything, how they work together in, in sort of an orchestration type way. Okay. They saw that, okay? All right, but when you see uh, God's creation, it automatically should bring on praise and worship because of what it's actually saying, as, as David says, declares the handiwork, and, 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 and when you look at that beauty of it, everything that it's actually saying to you, it will cause you to praise and worship it. I, when I look at a, a scripture that says, I think it's Hebrews 11 and 6, it says that uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? For he who comes to God must first believe that he is God. Okay? And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right. All right? So you must first of all, you said, acknowledge him as being God first. Okay? All right? But it takes faith to do that. Once you do that, and well, let me back up. The type of faith that it takes to do that is what we call saving faith. Okay. okay? All right. Once that happens, it causes you to come to God. And he said, you must believe that he is God. Okay. And then that uh, he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. All right. When I, when I look at this, it takes me all the way back here to Romans 1 again, to where people suppress the truth. And the first part of that is before they can accept that truth, they must at first believe that there is a creator. You know, Professor, I, what's hard for me to believe with people is this right here. When it comes down to people that invent things, okay. a person that invents the watch 
and the pocket watch or the wrist watch. Over all of these years, the wrist watch and the pocket watch has improved. Okay? Right. Would you say that the person that invented the wrist watch had more intelligence than you did? Of course. Yeah, because well, the question I'm asking, yeah. would you say that the person that invented the wristwatch has more intelligence than you? Because can you invent, uh, make the wristwatch? Yeah, I got you. I see where you're going there. Right. Yeah. I got so you. somebody much smarter than you invented the watch. Invented the watch. So somebody much smarter than everybody invented the world. There you go. There you go. Because if you look around the world and look at every single person that's in the world, Ask them, can they do that? Did you make the stars? Did you make the moon? <laughs> Did you make the water? Did you make the sun? Did you make all of these in, in, uh, insects? All of these animals? Did you make these microscopic, uh, microscopic type of molecules and bacteria and all of that that you can only see under the lens of a microscope that they're very alive and moving? Even though you can't see them with the naked eye, if you put your eye on a microscope and look, you see them that they're very much alive. Did you make that? Or would you say, just to be honest with you, is it somebody that's more, much more intelligent than you are that made all of that? Or did it just happen? It didn't just happen. And there is somebody that's much more intelligent than all of them. Because Isaiah says, Isaiah 55, For as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts and ways above your thoughts and your ways. And so, because there's evidence and there's proof that he is for order Take a moment and pause and just look around and see that there is a God. And once you see that there is a God and you haven't been giving him the time that he deserves, put some stuff on hold. Put some stuff to the side and take an interest in this God we serve. And that's a good place to stop, right? Good place. Hey, we thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you for being with us through these episodes on why isn't God interesting anymore? God is not interesting to you. Ask yourself why. What is it that you're doing that is more, that's more important than spending time with this God who's the reason you are? the reason your family are, the reason your friends are, the reason you have the job that you have, the reason you have whatever intellect you have. Like the little girl we just watched singing. They praised that little girl because of how well she sung that song. But you, like you said, you wonder how many people say, look at the gift that God has blessed her. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Reverend John Mason, Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, just a couple of, G. Lewis Tillman, just a couple of members of for such a time as this. Hey, join us next week as we come to you live from the kitchen table. God bless.